Hello everyone and welcome back to Eating Salads. It's me again, Austin Crosby. Expert on salad. Uh, Casey and I were just talking about that, how if uh, someone asked me, what is salad? Because if you remember, that was what brought this whole thing was, uh, what is a salad? It's such a uh, diverse word. It can mean many, many things. Well, definitively, it is name the flavor of the dish you've eaten first and something from nature that accompanied that flavor. In today's case, we had kipper and chive salad. There you go. That's what it ends up being. Now there's certain examples like tuna salad, pasta salad. Yeah, if you only had tuna or you only had pasta, it wasn't a salad. Those usually refer to them being cold. They're cold salads. You know, but they have to have something added from nature. Whatever you want. Pickles, go for it. That's not too processed. That's about where we draw the line, right? That's about where we draw the line. More processed than a pickle, it's not really of nature, is it? Because if you found a pickle in nature, you'd be like, damn, it's okay. I always said this was possible. <laughs> um, No one's going to believe me when I tell them about this. That's <laughs> They're going to say, oh, that was a cucumber or whatever. Sure wasn't a zucchini? As if that matters. It was pickled. That's the point. So keep that in mind. I, um, we went on a bike ride today. It was nice. We had a picnic with kolaches Casey made. Pepperoni. Pepperoni was so good. Spinach and mushroom. Um, yeah, actually we went, we went on kind of two separate picnics on the same trip because the first place we stopped, we ate a kolache and then I became slowly aware of the fact that we were really just in a pile of trash covered in sand. <laughs> and it was a nasty spot from a horror movie and not at all a good picnic spot. And we were just like <laughs> trying to make it work because we were scared the weather was going to turn. Irrationally. Um, okay, and then importantly, I charged up the leaf and I drove to a handgun safety course, handgun course, which happens to be necessary in Colorado. You have to have a signed certificate if you want to get your concealed carry weapons permit. Um, which I, I guess at this point I'm like halfway to, so like why not? But I'm not super passionate about getting it. Um, I was just more curious because, and this is what I want to get into, um, in the same way that we did that course on cottage foods so that now I can legally sell food from my kitchen, doing the, doing the food course 
partially made you be like, yeah, I'm not really into it, you know? Turns out, that's not for me. But it was a $50 course, right? And uh, it was a present from Casey, even. I mean, you think back on that, and it's like, yeah, we got a lot out of it. We learned a lot. That was a good little activity, wasn't it? And I think this has been too. This has been too. It's much more involved, and I guess some would say it needs to be, it should be. But what I wanted to say is that growing up in Georgia, gun safety was intrinsic. I mean, it was something you learned as a baby. But there are definitely ins and outs of the, min the minutiae, right? The little details of the law, the letter of the law, varies sometimes significantly state to state. But what I've realized today is that Colorado now is like what Georgia was when I grew up there. And when we had the sheriff's department come talk to us in high school. And since then, Georgia has laxed up its gun law. Colorado's is tightening. So it's kind of interesting. I mean, like you learn, for instance, that here anyone can shoot someone who's like in their home and that constitutes trespassing, which is a felony. And so they have to be like in your home, but it has to be through the door. Whereas that's how it was in Georgia, but then Georgia became like stand my ground where you can shoot them anywhere you are. If they're coming at you, you don't have any burden to retreat or do anything other than defend yourself there. You won't have to justify. I mean, you probably will have to justify. And so a big part of me with all of this is like, this is all too speculative. You guys are all doing these crazy fantasy self-defense fantasies. But actually, you do just have a bare minimum burden to tell everyone the thing. And we're, we're going to use up all the time because we might as well be interested in this. But you can tell that that's not really the designed intent. Like, it's not like everyone's supposed to come here because they're passionate about firearms. They're here to fulfill a legal obligation. And uh, at the same time, it's a diverse crowd. It's like there's young people, there's couples... Um, the instructor at one point did bring up Latinos as adjacent to crime, which I thought was fascinating that he felt comfortable doing that in a, in a, in a group of people. Um, yeah. At one point, this guy was like, I don't know. I, I think, listen, if you need to shoot somebody, absolutely do it. Don't be sitting doing thoughts in your head about the legal ramifications of you defending your own life. If your blood runs cold, defend yourself with whatever it takes and ask I think generally shoot first and ask questions later honestly and shoot to kill headshots ideally that's something that I would ask they're probably going to say tomorrow like hey in self-defense you always do you always aim for the head to kill them first shot is that what you mean to do because I did ask like they brought up a whole thing about different size bullets and which are more appropriate and which are less appropriate but they stopped at traditional bullets. And I was kind of like, you know, what about crazy big bullets? Because I used to hear as a kid, like my grandpa would say, if you shoot someone with too big of a bullet, then they'll send you to prison because they'll know that you didn't mean to do it in self-defense or else you would have used a more reasonable small bullet. 
you would have used like a, a reasonable bullet. And in my mind, that's ridiculous. You should use the biggest possible bullet and you should not leave a, any survivors to testify otherwise, right? And um, yeah, and, and I think that's true in Georgia. But then I asked this guy here and he's like, you'd have to defend in front of a jury why you needed your giant bullet. And I'm like, I don't think he would, dude. I think that these guys think that you're going to trial and I happen to know you won't. You're going you're gonna to plea out and you're going to spend as little time in prison or as much time in community service as your lawyer that you afford can get you. But you're not going to go in front of a jury and risk it all because it's just too much effort and no one gets that. Anyway, thank you very much. Come again tomorrow.